Welcome back to Top Nerd. I am your host, The Uneven Flow. This is Top 3, Bottom 3. I am not alone. I am with the person who made this week's pick, Arrested Development. So say hello to Abby. Hello, Abby, and hello, Radioland. Uh, Abby Bluth. I owe you, I owe you, I owe myself also an apology. Uh, I thought, uh, boy, I thought this was going to be a, just a little bit better than, than... It was fun, though. It was interesting. So why Arrested Development? Well, haha, I was, I don't know, I was kind of down, and I just wanted something that was going to make me laugh. And the best top three episodes did. The bottom three episodes kind of made me a little bit more depressed. So... Why were you the, down? Wait the, a second. Why were you down? I picked X Files. Yes, you picked you my love one X-Files. show. My one show in my in my real life. You love X Files. It's fun. And then we did Casino Royale. Yeah. Fine, you pick. We yes. had a, it was a solid couple of weeks. Shouldn't be yes. unhappy. Yes. It did take a lot out of us. Yes. Well, that's why we've gone to the one episode a week. It did take a lot out of us. Arrested Development was a show. Released on Fox originally, which ran from 2003 to 2006 for three seasons. And then on Netflix for two seasons from 2013 to 2019. Yeah. There's a lot to get to here. What a nightmare. The episode. I'm so sorry. We I just watched. wanted a fun comedy show. Now we're no comedies. No more comedies. Yeah, but it was still fun. I, don't know, I still enjoyed fun. this. It was still fun. So the episodes we watched, we watched the top three first. Why? Because Arrested Development is a comedy series set on essentially just being a one camera comedy series. No laugh track. It was very different for the time. And we did it in order because... It's very continuity based, surprisingly, like it is a serialized show. And again, that's another thing that's a little rare. Usually you get the sitcom-y, everything is the same at the end of an episode. You don't get a running story. Yeah, that Arrested Development did do that uh, and we'll get into it, but it's also, it is serialized, but it is very much sort of pick up and go. It is serialized, but it is also very pick up and go which was one of the other reasons I wanted to try top three, bottom three, is that, okay, I, I remember coming home from my college classes and these would be on in syndication, maybe not in syndication, but they would be on the CBC. So like not the network that, that made them because the CBC just buys stuff from other places. So I remember coming home and it would always be a different episode. So, but I was always able to pick up and go and just enjoy that episode as it as it was you know whatever it happened to be whichever one it was in sequence didn't really matter it was always enjoyable boy does that ever start changing a little bit later on in the series yeah it's another story though so we started with the top three producer basil beer wants us to get to the episodes we started with season one episode 10 which is the second best episode then followed so that's peer pressure then followed with Meet the Veals, Season 2, Episode 16. And then we finished 
with the top rated episode, Development Arrested, Season 3, Episode 13, which served as the series finale. Except it did not. Because we follow the bottom three. The bottom three are... Ugh, I don't want to relive this. Anyway, the bottom three are all from Season 5. We'll get into the, the other stuff in a minute. The bottom three are all from season five, and it's episode 11, which is Chain Migration, episode 13, The Untethered Soul, and the lowest rated episode of the entire series, season five, episode 14, Saving for Arraignment Day. These are, of course, part of the revival of the series on Netflix. Why did we not watch any from season four? Well... Season four was recut and the initial episodes, which were pretty poorly rated, including the, luckily there was only one in the bottom three. So we just took number four, which is from season five. But anyway, there was only one season four episode in the bottom three. However, season four does not exist in its original format. Season four was recut and put back together in a more straightforward storyline. Yeah, it's. I again I thought I thought this was just gonna be a straightforward little let's ha 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 watch three twenty minute episodes twice of arrested development. It's gonna be great. We can pick up and go. You can you know, you don't have to have watched everything. And that was true for top three. And then we get to bottom three. And the first one in the bottom three going chronologically was, as you say, an episode in season four. That doesn't exist anymore. Actually, it so was, that took yeah, us... it was the third worst episode is from season four, season yeah. four, episode two originally, but we went to watch it and it doesn't exist. Yeah, the, I guess these ratings must have been from originally Netflix came out with series four in 2013 after the show had finished its three seasons from 2003 to 2006. Then several years later. 2013 they bring out season four season four had uh i want to say like 17 15 17 episodes now it has 22 so i have to go back and re-watch season four because even though i've seen season four i haven't seen season four they are entirely entirely recut which means that i don't know maybe they're better than they were maybe they're worse I thought season four was still pretty okay. They tended to be more sort of capsule episodes. And then we get to season five. And season five was even then several years further into the future. Then we're getting into 2018 and 2019. Yep. So it is, it is, this was a nightmare. And what, what a, a ride. nightmare. What a ride. I want to get off Mr. Blue's Wild Ride. So Stevenson 4 was indeed, yeah, it was 15 episodes originally, you were right. Ended up 22 episodes recut, adding Which in a lot of... Which means that they recut and they had to have added in scenes, so there's going to be stuff there that I've never seen. Even though I watched the entirety of season 4 when it came out. Mm. It's, mm. it's it, choices, man. Choices. There were some interesting choices, and we will get into that. So the kind of the nice thing about this top three, bottom three, is that I don't think we really need to get into the actual episodes themselves. They are they the top three are excellent, excellent. 
Arrested Development is probably one of my favorite shows of all time. I think it's probably one of the best television shows of all time. And it's absolutely a must watch for seasons one, two, three. Just start season one, episode one, and end at end of season three. You're all set. This sounds familiar. That's all you need. No, I mean, it sounds like the X-Files that uh, maybe watch the first chunk and then... This was the discussion I thought we were going to have on the X-Files thing because they too did a revival, right? It turns out, no, the internet is very, very wrong and has bad opinions. And my opinions are correct as a professor of X-Philology. And so I was expecting to have this discussion. No, that wasn't the discussion we had, or at least on the supplement episode too, to a certain extent, so that this was the first series I can recall being brought back almost exclusively due to streaming. There would be others. X-Files was brought back due to streaming, just not to a streaming company. Particularly. Well, yeah, no, that's true. That's but, true. It went back to uh, Fox. Yeah, this was the, one of the first ones. Fox was involved with this one too, by the way. But yeah. this is an oddity. It follows the basic story. It follows a wealthy, dysfunctional family. It's very serialized. There's voiceover narration. They're running gags and that kind of thing. Some of that is like a lot of the shows that are sitcoms and popular sitcoms. A lot of that is not. A lot of what made the show to me that great and that different and influenced stuff like 30 Rock and Community that came after it, a lot of that stuff is gone in season four and in particular in season five, which was just a train wreck. There's a great line, I think, I'm pretty sure anyway, it was Bill Corbett from Mystery Science Theater and Rift Tracks who said that, I think somebody asked them, why don't you, why didn't you ever do comedies? And he said something to the effect of, there's just nothing more depressing and pointless than a comedy that's not funny. Which is why. There's just nothing you can do with it. I must, I must address the nation. I must address Radioland and say, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I thought this was going to be a fun time. So a lot of what <laughs> makes the show interesting was it did, or at least another thing it did, that's not your standardized sitcom format was it would do cutaways and frequently cutaways to the past or other times or even earlier in the show doesn't do that again like those disappeared as well in the fifth season you're right and the cutaways became a way to tell significant amounts of exposition they just became yeah. exposition dumps in season five they weren't jokes they weren't there to add anything except hey we actually need to tweak the plot some the season five episodes are all from the back end of Season five, the ones we watched, I should say, they were terrible. And there is significant editing done to them in reality. For whatever reason, they decided to alter major portions of the plot. And we noticed it at first in the first episode we watched at the start. I think I said to you, the audio is really off. Yeah. Yep. So we noticed that as soon as we switched to season five, which was 2018, 2019, everybody looks good. I mean, it's been 
a long time. It's been 15 years, but everybody looked good. But the show itself did not look very good. Arrested Development Season 1, 2, 3, 2003, 2006 was pushing a lot of envelopes for television at the time. And even then, it was, it was a bit of a hard sell. So they won tons and tons of Emmys, but they just could not, could not get people to watch it. Now you've got the opposite problem where everybody wants more Arrested Development and they are, they are not good episodes of television even. So as you mentioned, as soon as we switched over to season five, I was a little bit disappointed because I remember kind of liking season four and wanting to talk a little bit about, you know, some of the stuff they did in there. Worst blew right past it because they just changed season four entirely. And we're right in season five, 2018, 2019. It's 15 years later. And we cannot get a shot of the two actors who are talking to each other to look good and to have their mouths move correctly to the audio. There's been so much ADR, so much uh, additional dialogue review. What's funny is even in sequences where one character is talking to another, you'll see somebody in the foreground who you're seeing the back of their head with the angle speaking. So strange. But you can still clearly see they're not saying the same thing that is in the ADR. Plus, at points, their mouths just keep going when it cuts off the voice or vice versa. As you said, it's like Godzilla level. It looks so bad. It's just a very bad dub. And there's an entire sequence, which has become notorious, where they use a just random. It's worse than a J.J. Abrams movie. They just use a, a random flash of light, just random lens flare out of nowhere to cover Michael, who's yeah. played by Jason Bateman. They cover up his voice for a period of, God, that scene had to go on for a good three or four minutes of just talking to another character. It felt long and it was just exposition. And the scene was him driving a truck as the only sort of moving picture speaking to Buster, who is his brother, who is in jail. And we just get a picture of the outside of the jail. And so you've got this scenario where the bottom half is the character speaking, but you can't see anything because there's a lens flare covering up his entire face. So you can't tell that it's clearly not him talking at that point. So bizarre. And the top picture is just a static picture of the outside of the jail. And however long this scene was, I maintain, I feel like it was three or four minutes. It made it feel like 10 minutes. It was dreadful. It is just a gigantic exposition dump of a scene as well as they just sort of describe everything. So, yeah, we got to we got to kind of get into that and and why cuz that boy, that was a rabbit hole and I had forgotten every, I hadn't even thought there were 5 seasons. Turns out no, I have in fact watched the 5th season. I just did not remember any of it. So the first 3 seasons before you go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. The first 3 seasons focus around the family and in large part Jason Bateman's character, who is sort of the lead. He is Michael Bluth. I'm also, a, I, I minored in Arrested Development. Arrested Developmentology. Yeah. No, just Arrested Development. The psychological <laughs> In general, yes. So 2003 to 2006, it's, it's about family. It's a family of grifters. And 
one man who's got to try to keep them all together. And that's Michael Bluth. That's the son of George Sr., who is George Bluth, who owns this kind of shady real estate firm. Except as we go on through the series, we see that like uh, all the he's one of the we all know a guy like him. We all know a guy who just is trying to make a quick buck. He's trying to he's selling corn ballers that burn people. He's he's selling what is a caged wisdom from his jail cell after he, he decides to have a religious conversion. Yeah, he, we all know a guy like that. And it's he just happens to have made it. He just happens to have made it with the real estate firm. So now they're wealthy. Except that empire started starting to crumble. Sort of, yeah. It's all it's all Rob having robbed Peter to pay Paul, yeah. and Michael is really the only semi honest one who he's he's trying to. It's it's not even like a. I mean, he's trying to keep his dad out of jail, or he's he's trying to make you know his name be a legitimate thing. He's trying to keep the company together. He's trying to keep the family together. It's hilarity ensues. Great, 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 great. And as we noticed was that we could pick up and just drop ourselves into, we can pick up and just drop ourselves into episodes. And we had enough exposition through various, you know, television means, cutaways or the narrator, which when's the last time you saw a narrator in uh, maybe Desperate Housewives, but I'm pretty sure they got it from Ron Howard. It's fine. You know, it's like, oh, okay. No, we are, George Sr.'s out of jail. He's hiding in the attic. We got it. Cool. Thank you. Now we can progress. It's these little sort of ship in a bottle episodes, but they are tied into the overarching theme of the Blue family business and all the, the grift and the heartache and the hilarity that that entails. Season five, we could not just pick up and do that with an episode it's it's no longer ship in a bottle it's you got to watch this in sequence and there's a variety of other issues with that though there were random cameos from characters from seasons one two three just dropped in for the sake of being able to say hey you remember that character Mm -hmm. they'll have maybe one or two sentences and then we never see them or have them mentioned, nor are they important in the context of anything. Yeah, it's just, is it, hey, everybody remember this? You remember when Tobias was Mrs. Featherbottom? Well, here he is again yeah. as a different Mrs. Featherbottom, and, and Maria Bamford is his new wife, and, uh, and it's not weird. Don't worry about it. Do you remember when Michael's son, George Michael Jr., played by Michael Sarah, was dating Anne, and her mother appeared in one episode. Oh, well, hey, God. here's her right. mother for one sentence. Could have been anyone else, but we just wanted to be able to say, oh, hi, I'm Anne's mom. It was odd. There was that combined with, you're mentioning it was no longer a series you could jump into at all. And yet it still felt the same in that everyone had to be returned or they wanted to return everybody to what we knew. And what I'm saying is in season five, there is a grift again Mm -hmm. and more shady deals and Michael trying to get the family out of them. And it just felt like a a regression for the sake of maintaining status quo. Yeah, you had this pointless to any of the development we saw from the later episodes that we watched 
this time around, much less if you'd watched it originally, it just felt very regressive and more sitcom-y that we want to drop the characters into this because. Certainly they made use of references to stuff that the the showrunners were into at the time. And, you know, wasn't it funny that Ron Howard was, you know, in, in movies and TV before that and stuff like that? That's fine. But they also created a good kind of cultural zeitgeist. Like they are up there with the Simpsons in terms of like cultural impact and like things that people say in response to situations, right? Like there's always money in the banana stand. There's, it's, it's added to that cultural lexicon. Arrested Development season four and season five tried to force that, but they, they tried to force it through being referential to themselves. And in the end, you add nothing when you do that. Yep. It's not how it works. Yeah. I forgot I'd seen it. I completely forgot there was a fifth season. I forgot there was a fifth season. I thought there was four. I thought there was four. And I, I actually remember liking season four quite a bit, which it's, it is also kind of stupid. A lot of that is, is systemic and you can't really write around it. The biggest problem that they had at the time was they made this incredible decision, which I think probably made a little bit more sense when they were talking about doing a revival in 2008 and then 2009 and then 2011 and then blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly it's 2013 before all these new episodes come out and the show's been off the air for seven years and your actors are very much seven years older, especially Michael Sarah and Alia Shaquat, who played George Michael Bluth and maybe Funke, respectively. They were teenagers. They were like preteens when it started. And now they are adults. They are mid-20s. The bizarre choice to have this Arrested Development universe not be present day, as in season four that came out in 2013, does not take place in 2013. It takes place like uh, a month or two after the end of the third season, which was in 2006. So in Arrested Development Universe, season four is somewhere in 2006. Then it's five more years between 2013 and 2020, uh, 2018 for season five, part one, to come out. And then it's going to be another year for season five, part two. So now we're 2019 and we're still in a weird place where the timeline doesn't add up, which is important because the griff and the timelines don't match up, which is important because Arrested Development 2003-2006 was very much a product of and a product trying to force its way out of the constraints of its time. But 2003-2006, we've got grifts that are conducive to that time period, right? George Bluth's company, the Bluth Company, is, is doing a little bit of light treason because they're building homes for Saddam Hussein in Iraq. That's funny. That's also very much like you can't do that in any other time period and have it be as effective. The grift in season five is that the Bluth Company is going to grift the U.S. government and is going to try to build this border wall between Mexico and the United States. That's the grift. So they get a whole bunch of money. They get some investors, blah, blah, blah. And then it turns out, oh, they can't. Oh, it's, it's, it's a grift. It goes wrong. That's fine. 
it just doesn't work because in the time period that they are and some of the dialogue that they say makes you feel like this is the wrong time. Like we are in the wrong timeline. I think the bigger issue is Mm -hmm. just it was not funny. It's not as it's not as good a grift. And to be blunt, a lot of it is the fact that the outcome of that in real life was honestly funnier. Yeah. If anyone has seen the real life pictures of said border wall, it was infinitely more in jest than anything. The joke doesn't work when real life is funnier than your show. And and not funny like ha ha. It's just like, wow, that's a grift. Like it's so yeah. it's so obviously a grift. And then you you cannot have the Bluth family also trying to do that. They won't win. They have to they have to stick in their lane. They got to do something. You know, season four, I think, had George Sr. grifting people at the sweat lodge, right? He, he in the Mexican desert, he's got some sort of retreat where uh, CEOs and like lifestyle gurus go and they just sit in the sun and they sweat. And then the grift is he will sell you a glass of lemonade for $15,000. That's funny. That's their lane. This whole like border wall thing is way too... It's just another level of grift that they are not. It's too convoluted, but it was also too much like a real grift. And again, the real grift ended in a way that was funnier. Well, and it, it also only works if the characters are in the same universe at the same time as we are, but they aren't. And we know that they aren't because they keep saying things and doing things that prove that they aren't. So. Lucille, Lucille Bluth, at one point says something about, you know, when Hillary wins the election, and this is right after we were talking about building a border wall, you can't have it both ways. You can't have it be pre-2016 and also post-2016 election when they're actually, you know, building the border wall. Should know too, Lucille Bluth was played by the excellent... Jessica Walters. Thank you. Brain freeze. It's because I said Jessica Hale one time. Yeah. Which makes me think of Jennifer Hale, but that's a totally other. Mm -hmm. All right. So Jessica Walters, she was excellent in the show. She's excellent in Archer. Rest in peace. She is gone. But I can't bring up season five without mentioning that one of the thing that things that kind of ended the series and sort of leaves a bad taste in people's mouths is the discussion about Jeffrey Tambor, who plays the elder blues in this. George Sr. George Sr. and his twin brother, Oscar. But Tambor had to apologize after a number of sexual misconduct accusations. And this led to Walter being asked about issues on the set of Arrested Development and really kind of a rift between I wasn't there, a rift between the cast members and just the end result was the complete cancellation of Netflix's press tour of it and just nobody talking about it. It just came and went and just disappeared immediately. Yeah, Jeffrey Tambor was doing a show called Transparent at the yes. time about trans people. He fired from that, if I recall correctly. It came out while he was doing that. And while season five was 
completed but not complete. So that's why we have it split into two. We have a year in between almost. First half of season five, second half of season five, Jeffrey Tambor stuff comes in between. Not only is it bad enough that Jeffrey Tambor's got these sexual allegations that are perhaps not allegations, the other, some of the other big hitters in the cast also kind of sided with him at a time when you really, you really couldn't do that. And he shouldn't do that, frankly. But, you know, if this had been the 90s, then, then nothing would have happened, right? But yeah, I heard that recording too of him, of Jeffrey Tambor sort of yelling at Jessica Walters. It's 80 year old man, 80 year old man yelling at an 80 year old woman. And it's it's awkward, and you can hear Alia Shaquat in the in the background trying to stick up for her and things like that. Extremely, extremely unpleasant. And yeah, yeah. Tambor was let go from Transparent, and weird year for Amazon shows and investigations into allegations. On it's yeah. my favorite show had something pretty similar and the exact yeah. same result that after investigation. All they ever said was, yeah, they won't be coming back. Yeah. And the, in my show's case, they got poochied out of the mm-hmm. end of the season. He died on the way back. Yeah, to his home died planet. on the way back to his own planet. The thing is, you cannot do that with the rest of development. You cannot write out George Sr. So that's what I'm about to get to. And one of the reasons for bringing this up, aside from the fact that I think it's important to, but... You can do that in Arrested Development because A, they had already written out Lindsay Bluth at this point, who is, she had taken a step away from acting and only appeared in five episodes of the season five return. Yeah, well, we didn't see her at all for the those three episodes. So Portia de Rossi had ret- essentially retired from acting and mm-hmm. she just wasn't in these and that's fine. That's her choice. She's allowed to do that. But with regards to what you're saying of you can't just do that with the rest of development. First of all, they sort of already did. Second of all, it brings me to the greatest question here, which is, should they have even done this at all? And then the answer, I think, is pretty much a resounding no. The season three, episode 13, was the show going out literally on top. Highest rated episode of the entire series, according to IMDb and our little top three, bottom three rating thing. And it encapsulated everything. It was a good open ending. Just leave it alone. Don't come back seven years later and then do a format, do and do the series in a way that, so first of all, this again, initially this show is well known for being a single camera setup and having some, I won't say extravagant, but I mean the detailed sets, it's well filmed, well shot show comes back on Netflix. Everything's green screen. It is suddenly honestly not well filmed or well shot. It just didn't work well. And it ends up being very much the opposite of everything the show was attempting initially. And I just find it odd because a lot of the people that worked on the show, which was created by the Mitchell Hurwitz, but the people who were working on the show 
would say things like, we don't want to just bring it back and have it be another show, or we'd rather the show stay canceled rather than have a dip in quality. They did the exact opposite. They just absolutely let the, the quality drop off. And Hurwitz said a bunch of times that he was more worried about letting down the fans in terms of quality of the show dropping than he was about disappointing them and not giving them more episodes. But that's what he did, whether intentional or not. And it should be noted in a bit of sort of X-Files referential or something that happened with the X-Files. They were missing the Rousseau brothers who by the time of the revival had moved on and were doing significant work for Marvel. Most people will know the Rousseau brothers as directors of things like Captain America, Winter Soldier, Infinity, or, and some of the best of the Marvel movies. And they've continued to go on and do really good work or entertaining work, but they weren't involved. It meant they dropped out of producing and they didn't direct any episodes of any of the return. And just feel similar that they couldn't get the people back, especially for season four, by the way, they couldn't even get the actors back. But if you can't get the people behind the camera back or the people in front of the camera back, why do it? Because I mean, money is the, is the short answer, by the because way. Because they got Krusty the Clown. Somebody, somebody drove a dump, dump truck of money up to her house. Yeah. house. Not made of stone. Not made of stone. Yeah. I mean, that's. That's why. That's why. I I only know the Russo brothers from like big blockbuster Marvel movie. I was You didn't know they were Yeah, you didn't know when I told you that they were they were linked to a lot of the best of arrested development and they were intertwined with it. You thought I was crazy and talking about somebody else. Well, and it's it's as you say too, as you mentioned in regards to the X Files and our X Files sort of talking about it. Vince Gilligan was probably the nexus around which the X-Files was good. I can't think of a better way to put it. Vince Gilligan make X-Files good. I don't know. Vince Gilligan was, was a writer and, you know, producer. The Rousseau brothers were directors. Yeah. So in well, theory, you producers. have to direct what you are given by writers, right? Yeah. So I... I, I I hesitate to say that. I do too, because a lot of what made Arrested Development good and a lot of what would, if you're out there, by the way, and you enjoyed season four and five, good for you. We did not, or at least I definitely didn't. I have no intention of watching four or five ever again. I remember enjoying season four, actually, and thinking that they had some really interesting ideas in there. Well, it doesn't Uh, exist now, so there you go. But in any case, if you enjoyed it, go for it. That's great. But I would say to you that one of the reasons you did enjoy it was you're mentioning who was responsible for successes and the like certainly Duchovny and Anderson on the original X-Files but on this show the cast is amazing this was a great cast and to a certain extent it was kind of a lightning in the bottle cast Mm -hmm. because I mentioned you know Bill Rossi Dorothy would end up or just retiring Yep. We had to be fair, Jason she Bateman. married Ellen. So but you had Jason Bateman, who was yeah, who was he before this? He's mm. done a number of things since, but before this, I don't think anybody knew who he was. Michael Sarah, same thing. And then of course Will Arnett. Yep. 
these are all people that went on to do a number of things and do significant things. And Will Arnett's done a ton of different things. And then you had other people in sort of not minor roles, but recurring roles. Like you had David Cross, who most people know from, well, I shouldn't say most people know. Some people know from Mr. Show and his excellent work on that. Now most people know him as Tobias from Arrested Yeah, Develop. probably. Yeah. And so it was almost, it really felt like it was lightning in the bottle. And then you had Ron Howard was the narrator and everybody knows who Ron Howard is. You just had this collection of, of talent. And I already brought up Jessica Walter, who was amazing. How do you get over losing talent from your break as in from season three into season four, where you, you had everybody, at least in theory, you just didn't have them all at the same time. Yeah. So that was, that was one of the problems that made season four not feel like Arrested Development was that they, instead of having it be shot and sort of story-wise put together episodes in the way that Arrested Development used to put together episodes, which I think now that they've recut it, I think that's probably the goal. I'll have to go back and watch it. But it was one episode per character, essentially. So it was, this is Maybe's Day. It was essentially a season of each episode is how did this character spend these few days, which was interesting. It was different. It's still, I remember it feeling like Arrested Development, but not, not quite. But again, like, what do you want? It's been seven years. Yeah, there was that, but also I don't know that it works in a series that is about family and about an ensemble as much as this show was. Yeah. I think you could get away with it with, say, the X-Files, if you have, this is a Mulder episode, this is a Scully episode, or something like that. But you're talking about a series that was about how intertwined these characters are. Pretty much. Pretty much. And, uh, hey, let's, let's, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but it is important. Splitting season five, all the episodes that we watched were from the back end of season five. So 2019, in between 2018, first half of season five and 2019, second half of season five, Jeffrey Tambor's stuff comes out. Everybody panics at Netflix at, 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 I'm going to call it Bluth Development Corporation or whatever, the, the Hurwitz uh, Corporation, whatever, whatever, whoever's gripping Netflix, everybody panics. Producer Basil Bear has come in with an important announcement. Hang on. So producer Basil Bear would like to note that what you're talking about is season five. It was 16 episodes. The first eight were released in 2018 in May. The next eight wouldn't come out until March 2019. Mm -hmm. And we will not know specifically what the delays were but yes when we can take a pretty good guess no we can't because there's a couple of things yeah. here yeah so the allegations against Tambor were made roughly the same time that the first eight were released having said that he still played a role in the back half it wasn't a matter of editing out the character or something along those lines we will never ne- really know what exactly was the reasoning of all of the ADR and the changes. I doubt it had a significant amount to do with, with Tambor. 
it's possible it was regarding the end of the series or the inevitable end of the series. But who knows? The allegations, the show's team has said that there was no, they didn't change anything because of that. So whatever it was, in theory, was maybe unrelated. But we'll never know what it was. Either way, it it's so jarring. It's not something they... It's not something you can not notice. It reminds me of Cats in the sense that that also seemed to be a film that was unfinished. Like this, this feels like it needed another pass. This kind of felt like it was the rough cut of, of something. And again, the, the only reason why, and I mean, it's prevalent through the episodes that we watched was everybody's mouth is moving different words. than so. And the only reason why you do that is because the lines that you had written and had the actor speak are no longer the lines that you want to be said in the show. So you got to have them come in or, or, you know, literally phone in some dialogue that is the new dialogue that you want them to say because of the new story. And I have, I have no idea. I have no idea what that was or, or why or anything like that. It's so bizarre. The story itself was not great as we've commented on before but the just the jokes in general do not land and i mentioned it again the cutaways and the like are used almost exclusively just for heavy exposition dumps versus adding to a joke or making something a recurring joke or recurring theme they also had a very odd bit where every episode opens with you said it was sort of a, was it making the murderer, making a yeah. yeah segment, which is set in the past. So each episode opens for a decent amount of time with a segment from the Bluth family's past. In 1981 or something like that. So it's, it's all different actors. It's, it's child actors instead of, you know, adult actors, but still playing the same characters. It doesn't bookend the episodes. It doesn't seem to really help the series we are given things that happen in it which are revelations to accelerate or to show reasons why something later in that episode might happen but it's introduced in that episode it's it's very weird it's strength it stinks of this is lieutenant jeff on board the uss enterprise You've never seen him before, but he runs the most important parts and he's going to beam down with Captain Kirk, Dr. McCoy and Mr. Spock. Somebody's not coming back in this episode. Mm. Tune in to see who it is. Yeah. Yeah. It was so weird. I, I haven't seen the, the making of a murderer thing, but that was another big, big Netflix hit right at the time. It's like it unlocked a core memory. So I had, had no memory of season five even existing until I saw those kind of flashback in the 80s. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I have. And I just had a visceral memory of me sitting on a couch. I just remember you crying, rocking back and forth, saying this didn't happen. This didn't happen. I've never and seen this. These, and then I was like, oh, my God, I have seen this. And then I remembered what I thought at the time, which was like, Oh, are they trying to do like a making of a murderer thing? Because that's popular now. And then you crawled into the fetal position. I kept yeah. saying, 
I'm trying to pay attention to this to this episode. That's why I wanted to watch Arrested Development in the first place. Incidentally, so it's it's we do try to have a positive podcast experience. This is not. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I thought this was going to be like a little fun, fun little thing. It turns out it's extremely fascinating. So that's good. But um, yeah, boy, what what a, a swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. Arrested Development is still the best TV show. Yes. One of them I've ever seen. First three seasons are amazing. Stop at watch the end it. Of season three. Watch seasons one to three on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend them, even if it's not even if it's not necessarily something you think you'd be into. I it's probably something this is not a show that I would have expected. I would enjoy this much, but I binged seasons one to three in rapid succession way back when, and I loved it and I still enjoy it. Watching the first three episodes of this was fantastic. Yeah, it, it's easy. It's easy to get into it. Easy it feels you like into they're five it. minutes long. Yeah. It feels like you start an episode and you have a great time and it ends and you're going like, oh, that was it? Yeah. And then it's on the next, Arrested Development. Yeah, it's so easy to just binge and give it a chance. It's most certainly worthwhile. So again, I was, I was, it was a delight to watch the top three episodes. It was another kind of peculiar delight to watch the bottom three and it, it totally totally not not at all what i was expecting and again i i expected to have this discussion when it came to the x-files and everybody kind of knows about that this one everybody kind of knew that it had dropped off but uh, i didn't think it was this dramatic i don't uh, remember yeah. it being i don't remember the weird adr i don't remember i don't remember it at all it fell off a cliff and those last three you mentioned this that now, granted, you haven't been on every episode of the show, but you mentioned the three episodes might be the worst three episodes that have been shown on top three, bottom three. Mm-hmm. And the more I think about it, the more I think you're probably right. Yeah, you mentioned one from the Supernatural episode no, that you and... that's Supernatural. Smallville. Totally different show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Smallville, the... yeah. Oh, God. I... oh, God. I'm going to get comments. Yes. Mostly from me. Yeah. Smallville. You said something about thirst, but I, I, I guarantee you that thirst from the Smallville supernatural drama, I guarantee you that that at least would have functioned as a television show, right? Like all the actors are saying the things that they were meant to say, right? This is weird. This is weird. This is let's put a lens flare over Michael Bateman's face in post to hide his mouth. So we have him talking to a picture of a jail cell with nobody in it, not even a jail cell, like the, the jail itself, like the outside of the building of the jail. Meanwhile, for the entirety of the scene, there is less movement on screen than your average filmation animated series from the 70s. Bizarre. It is it Bizarre. so weird. If you're a fan of the medium of, of television and, and sort of, if you're a fan of good things, Arrested Development should be on your list if it isn't already. If you are a fan of television as a medium, you're going to get the good and the bad here. It's intriguing and awful. Sometimes you take the good, you take the bad, and then you have the facts of life. Our next, no, definitely not. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and then you have facts of life. Whatever. 
So as long as you're not beatboxing. So, speaking of if you're a fan of something, if you're a fan of this show, dreams. we have Live, Die, Repeat or Edge of Tomorrow or whatever it's called on whatever service you're watching it on coming up for fine you pick. We will have another top three, bottom three in a few weeks. Do you know what that will be? The facts of life? The no. facts of life? No. When the world never seems. Let's stick with Netflix. Of children. Yeah, we got to get use out of that, uh, out of that one month. Out of that, subscription. Yeah. We signed up just for Arrested Development. Let's stick with Netflix and a series that we have seen only one season of, but continued on. We will toss a coin to The Witcher. All right. All right. Hey, that first season of The Witcher was pretty good. You know, maybe this will be like, uh, yeah, maybe it'll be like good, like Arrested Development was good. (laughs) No, that sounds cool. Yeah, I thought it was worth it. So if you want to catch that show, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to this one. You can find us via email, upnerdpodcasts at gmail.com. That's plural with an S. At upnerd podcasts on twitter so, so. upnerd podcasts dot bk sky dot whatever it is on blue sky so i don't have blue sky it's not bad i i feel like you should probably tell the nice people out in radio land what it actually is i should have known that jessica walter was the actress who played lucy i should have known it was jessica but walter not jessica walters although you're the to one be that frank, did that yes because I had up nerd podcasts on the mind. I'm, yes, upnerdpodcast.bsky.social yeah. on Blue Sky. Go watch the Facts of Life. You can anytime you want. Yay. We're just not watching it for the show. Oh, never say never. It's free on Pluto TV. <laughs> they got a channel. Yeah, you So. Uh-huh. You're also on Facebook, uh, Up Nerd Podcasts, and that will do it. Thank you for listening. Everyone is appreciated, and I hope everybody has a good day. And on the next Up Nerd Podcast, even Flow, I can't believe you stepped on my line. Well, I, I, I liked, uh, this reminds me of Star Trek, the motion picture. I did not reference Star Trek, the motion picture at all. Oh.